Welcome tonight, everybody, to the Sunday night service. And as Bill said, this is the manifestation of the sons of God, part two. And if you were here on Wednesday, or if you weren't, it's on the podcast. Part one was really just scratching the surface. I really didn't go into it hardly at all. What I was doing was really just establishing the fact about who we are in Christ, because we need to know who we are, first of all, to really do anything in the kingdom of God. But most certainly, when I start to talk about this, you really need to have that basis, you know, established. So if you find anything I talk about tonight a bit um, confusing, or you're not sure about it, Go back and listen to the, the one on Wednesday where it's explaining about who we are in Christ and the foundational stuff, and this builds upon that. And this revelation uh, may very well be new to some of you tonight, so I would say fasten your seatbelts, <laughs> which we do a lot in here. And I'll just say... Uh, there's two main scriptures that I'm going to be speaking from tonight, although I'll be flipping through a few, so if you want to take notes. The two main ones that I'm going to be talking about are from Revelation 12, verses 1 to 5, and Romans 8, verse 19. So... As I said, these are the main scriptures, but I'll refer to some other ones too. Because like anything in the kingdom of God, it's all about our faith. And that's the currency of the kingdom of God. You can read about that Matthew 9, 28 to 30. And that's about Jesus touching their eyes. And they start to see. And he said, according to your faith, it be unto you. So I just pray tonight that your eyes will be opened to see what God wants you to see and hear what he wants you to hear in Jesus' name for his glory. So the first uh, scripture I'm going to start with is Romans 8 verse 19. And I'm going to give you three translations of this verse um, because it's quite interesting how it's put. So the first one is from King James. And verse 19, Romans 8 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And then from the English Standard Version, it says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And the last translation is, for the Americans, like Terry and Jeff, from the New American Standard Bible. And I really like this one. It says, For the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. So, when we look at what's going on in the world today, I don't watch the TV, I don't watch the news or anything like that. But most of us know what's going on just now, even roughly. And one thing for sure it's sad to see is there's already a great falling away. Um, it talks about that in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3, where people depart from the faith 
also talks about it in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. As people, they've generally become like lawless, rebellious, and many of the governments of the world have become brutal, tyrannical. And I can trace it back in education to when Darwinian evolution, and by implication, atheism, um, started to be taught in the schools, colleges and the universities. And I had experience of that. I had many heated debates with atheistic lecturers when I was at university as a mature student the last time. And it's actually very difficult to work in that area at all if you believe in our creator God because a lot of it, if not all of it, is based upon this evolutionary theory, which is an absolute fraud. It's a lie. It's not true. And sadly, you know, I've heard in my own ears uh, people who claim to be Christians in meetings, who are scientists, stand up and declare that it's absolutely fine to believe in Darwin's evolution and be a Christian. And I disagree. <laughs> A hundred percent. And the sad thing was in that meeting, there was a lot of leaders, not one of them corrected the person. So anyway, in this context of society today, and especially Western nations the last couple of years, there's been real harsh governmental legal power that's been brought to bear upon people in order to like maintain this social order. And why? Well, it stated that basically what they were wanting to do was, you know, get free from the Victorian old-fashioned type of moral restraints that had been put upon people. And what's actually happened is their freedom has given them things like family breakdown, the abandonment of children, uh, confusion over gender, um, juvenile delinquency, basically lawlessness, where nobody knows what to do, including the police. And so then what happens is you have a fascist-style curtailment of your civil liberties to try and keep the power at the top of the pyramid, because that's what it's like. It's like the Egyptian pyramid of power. The few at the top control everybody else and most people are at the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's set up. That's the plan, always has been. Mm -hmm. Right from a way back, um, Nimrod, this isn't new what's happening today. <laughs> so we can read about it in Genesis 11 through to 15 if you want to do that. But all of this has the purpose of bringing the world to a state of such chaos, such confusion, deliberately, that they can easily, the powers that be, slip in this leader, this charismatic person, who will then be seen to be the answer to the world's problems, all these problems that are starting to sort of multiply at the moment, mm -hmm. someone will be brought in that will be able to stop the chaos and bring global peace. Yes. 
supposedly. And we're not talking about Jesus Christ here. This, what I've just described, is Satan's plan. And he's defeated by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, Revelation 12, 11. There's an extra bit to that that I'll read later as well. But what the enemy loves to do is the following. He loves to create a problem. He then loves to create a reaction to the problem. And then he loves to create the solution to the very problem that he started. And of course, people really don't see this. And what happens is that he gets to do what he wanted to do all along. And people even agree. That's the thing about this. They give their consent. And consent's required for the enemy, Satan, uh, for his kingdom to move, for him to do anything really in your life. If you are a born-again Christian and you understand who you are in Christ, you do not give him consent to do anything in your life because he needs it. He can't just come and, you know, run uh, right across your life and there's no way in. You've got to give him a legalistic opportunity to enter your life. So we don't want to do that at all because he's very patient. <coughs> what happens if you do that is, and it may just appear like a wee crack and the door's open, he will wait and wait and wait till the worst possible moment in your life and boot that door down into your hallway. So let's now turn to chapter 12 in Revelation and verses 1 to 5. And I'm just going to read it out here from my own King James because I think it's important I read it all out says here, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven horns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. So, this 12th chapter of Revelation here, it sheds great light on what is occurring in the church in the end times. And it's a pivotal chapter because of the things that it reveals. It's revelation. Um, but it's also very difficult for people to understand. Many people just don't even look at revelation. There's so many interpretations of it they feel and they just cannot understand it. So they just don't go there, they leave it entirely. And just know, oh, it's something about the end of the world and an apocalypse or something. And basically the world even knows they think that's what revelation is about. 
So it's actually about a lot of things and tonight I'm going to talk about the things that concern the Lord in these days. And if we are armed with our knowledge of the role of the overcomer company, the sons of God, in maturity, then the proper understanding of Revelation 12 is a lot easier to discern, I believe. The women clothed with the sun, in verse 1, I believe is a glorious end-time church, and she's experiencing labour pains, which is travailing intercessory prayer and the church is like crying out for this um, perfected ministry to come forth and it's a ministry with great power yet it doesn't have what's tainted a lot of ministries that have gone before because this is like massive this last move it's not going to be tainted with the usual scandal um, and failure and the dragon who's Satan opposes the birthing out of, of this overcomer company and but it's to no avail when you read verses 3 and 4 and it says and she gave birth to a son a male child um, who's caught up so the son company if you like is born out of like manifested that's why i've used the word in the title and caught up to god in his throne it talks about that in verse five now it doesn't necessarily mean that the sons are physically removed from the earth for a time through a rapture as you know just about everybody who knows or has been taught about the rapture thinks it's immediate um, at the beginning of the tribulation, the seven-year period, boom, the church is away, and at the end of that, Jesus returns. But there's already people who are experiencing what's called translation. Yeah. That's a form of rapture. That that is. There's people who the last two years who did not take the V and could not get on a flight or anywhere like that. They really had um, their missionary tribe in Africa or some remote island, these are genuine um, accounts that I'm sharing and these people were translated instantly to the other side of the earth from where they were to minister to people in the power of the Holy Spirit and after they ministered immediately they're back home again and so sometimes we misunderstand what is being shared with us it's revelation so we have to ask the lord as i said at the beginning to open our eyes to what is happening here and you know maybe you know the rapture is not all about what we thought it was about and you know it's based the last seven years it's based upon it's you know the 70th week it's based in daniel 2 there's lots of different scriptures chapters that talk about this but i believe at any rate that even if at some point the sons of god the manifest sons of god are raptured um in the way that people think i believe that before all that happens 
God is going to move in this earth and he is going to show forth his power in ways that have never happened before. Far above Pentecost, and that was incredible, but what we are looking at is not, I don't believe the Lord wants his people, us, to sit and tread water until the Lord sends some sort of, you know, spiritual helicopter to get us out of here. I believe that these are the very times when the remnant, when the church, the mature sons of God, because the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, it's talking they're mature. So it's not babies. Um, and, And as you know, people can be babies and they've been, you know, they've come to the Lord decades. We're talking about, you don't need to have come to the Lord a long time to be mature. You're just hungry. So you want the word of God, you want to uh, read the word of God, you want to get the revelation of the word of God into your heart, and you want the Holy Spirit, you want the baptism with fire, and you want to do God's will. That's very important. You can't be a loose cannon. You must be led by the Spirit of God in everything you do. Because otherwise, you could cause so much damage, and that's happened over and over again. You see it in the prophetic. So many people don't want to touch the prophetic in any way because of things that have happened. And, you know, um, I can understand that. But we don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. We find out what the truth is. And we operate out of the truth and we are led by the Spirit of God. He goes ahead of us, we follow. And we only do, like Jesus is our example. So he wasn't a loose cannon. He only did what the Father told him to do. He went up mountains and he went away on his own for great lengths of time to hear from the Father. You know, what did I do? He got his instructions straight from heaven. He didn't think. Do you know what? I think we'll go over here and start this fellowship because that's quite a big town and um, I just get a good feeling about it. He didn't operate like that. He heard from heaven first and then he was obedient. So the male child caught up to God, to his throne, and he rose the nations with a rod of iron. There's many commentaries out there when you look in, in your Bible, um, apps that refer this to Jesus Christ but I'm not so sure because if we remember Jesus himself spoke about the promise of ruling the nations to the overcomers and that's in Revelation 2 verses 26 and 27. Jesus speaks of creation into order by authority and declaration And he gives his authority, he delegates it to the overcomers who are his mature sons led by the Spirit of God to manifest his power and glory on the earth, I believe, in these days. Because I believe what's happening just now, and it can be quite confusing, but I believe what happened when Jesus came, the the picture we have of him in the River Jordan when John Um, said, oh, I can't baptise you. And when he was baptised in the River Jordan, Jesus, 
John the Baptist was the last of that dispensation, was the last of the, the law, if you like. Jesus, this was a transition going on there. Jesus was being baptised in the River Jordan by John, the prophet John. And he then received as well the Holy Spirit. Remember, in the, the form of a dove came. And the Father, the, the, you see... Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father, all in this bit here. And it's incredible because the Father's saying, this is my beloved Son. And he's saying he's pleased with Jesus. And then after this happens, this is the beginning of Jesus being, first of all, before he starts ministry properly, he's taken for 40 days to be you know, there in the wilderness with the devil. And when he comes back out, everything starts. And so I believe that was transitioning from that age into the age that we have been in for the best part of like 2000 years. And we have now been brought into the kingdom, Esther 4, for such a time as this, because we are being caught in this transitioning now out of the church age and i believe that what's happening is we are going to taste at the very very least taste the powers of the age to come now when jesus does return and we have our glorious bodies and we are changed then that is total glorification but I truly believe that the times that we're in just now, we don't just sit and tread water and just go, oh, please come back soon. That's them now putting the gas prices up. No, no, that's what a baby does. That's, you know, gets all terrified and wants its soother, its dummy, its everything. But a mature son of God knows that the Holy Spirit is saying, right, this is the time people are hungry they're terrified they're confused what better time than this to actually share the truth with them the gospel what they've been fed is a pack of lies pack of lies about darwin pack of lies about where you all came from pack of lies about aliens pack of lies about even if somebody's offered to baptize them all absolute an utter garbage. Personally, aliens are just demonic spirits in another type of soup. Um, and, and all sorts of other things we won't go into. But the supernatural power of God uh, also includes the ladies, <laughs> the sons of God, because it's really the remnant army that we're talking about. The manifest sons of God, you know, it's talking about the miraculous. And, you know, it talks about Hebrews 6, verse 5. Uh, we'll have a preview, a foretaste of the powers of the age to come. And in this foretaste experience um, of the coming ages, we'll apply Christ's finished work at Calvary. Bill was talking about the blood. And his resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And we have right now in us, I was talking about it on Wednesday, 
the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit and the authority, the exousia. We have both of them. Luke 10, 19. And it's over all the power of the enemy. Not a bit. Not half of it. Over all the power of the enemy and nothing whatsoever shall harm us. So we need to know what the word of God says and not listen so much to the TV. It says in Colossians 1 verse 20, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. And it says, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So basically, we then look at, if we flip over to Romans 8 verse 19, and that reads, as I said at the beginning with the three versions, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. When Adam fell, what happened was it didn't just bring sickness and decay to human beings and our bodies, our minds, you know, everything that God planned. We can see at the very beginning in the garden, they walked with him. They were innocent. And then after everything fell, creation fell as well. The animals, you know, just the way the world is, you know, the enemy would try and fool people into talking about global warming or global cooling or carbon tax or whatever it is next. It's all part of the same thing to cause chaos and get this, whoever it is on the scene, to be the peacemaker, but in actual fact, he will be the deceiver and he will at one point be fully inhabited by Satan himself. And we're in days where we see a lot of things coming together that could enable that because of technology. And, you know, the enemy can only be one place at one time. He's not omniscient, he's not omnipotent like God. He was created, he hates to be reminded of that. And so to be in a position to actually know where everybody is all at once, he can use technology. Because he's not like our father who's outside of time and space in eternity and sees the end from the beginning. He sees it all. And the enemy has to use different things like I believe artificial intelligence. Who knows what that is? Because I don't. I have a good idea. <laughs> but anyway, we are, I believe, in here, the remnant. And so we are mature sons of the living God. We're not babies. Or if we are, we need to grow up quick. And you can, there's 150 podcasts, so you can grow up quick. <laughs> and we need to also realise that we're here to be edified, to be built up, yeah. to go out there. Mm-hmm. It's not just all party time in the church like it's been, mm-hmm. and social evenings, and even an occasional dance. You know, I've seen it all over the years. Um, no, it's about being built up, edified, and going out there to the people who need this, yes. instead of keeping it all to ourselves like this big secret. And God will give us boldness 
to speak to people because a lot of people are like I'd love to speak to my neighbour but her I I couldn't tell her anything like this well ask the Lord to open a door for you to be able to speak to these people and give you boldness and ask him to give you things that will just for them that will get them like what because God knows the key for every single heart whatever will open somebody's heart and mind so ask him What's the key to reaching this person who seems, you know, so hard and tough it's impossible? Nothing's impossible for God, but often we don't even ask him. So I think as well, another thing to do with the manifestation of the sons of God is one of my most favourite topics, and that is miraculous, the supernatural power of God. And it's a weighty responsibility, though. It's not all about fun and games it's about god is raising up just now mature sons and daughters and he wants to reconcile creation back to himself and jesus says in luke 12 verse 32 fear not little flock it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom and what a mighty god we serve almighty all powerful jesus has all authority over all creation and many examples of this i won't go through them all here but i'll give you some scriptures to look at a few examples of that authority in action mark 11 verse 23 john 14 verse 12 the greater works Ephesians 4, verse 13. We'll come to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Sorry, can you do it? Can you do again? Can you do Mark 11? Mark 11, verse 23. So we'll be like him not only in moral holiness, but also, and this is so important, operating in his authority and power is not future tense, it's for now. We're to move now like this, we're to operate like this because sadly not all God's children do operate like this. We all should, but we all don't. And so, like God uses so many times, if you look through the word, a small group of people to do what he wants to do. And he's doing the very same thing today. And it's such a privilege to be alive just now not so we cower under our beds, but because we are part of the remnant of God. If we're here tonight and we're serious, because that's what it's about. You can't just pick this up and lay it down. If we're serious about being used by God and being obedient, and that costs, that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where a lot of people tend to separate off. They won't pay the cost because it does cost and it's different for everybody but if you're prepared to pay the cost then the rewards are indescribable and you will be rewarded so another thing which is just foundational please do not call yourself a worm or a piece of dirt on the ground that just has you know barely got in and just yes we know the glorious 
absolutely incredible grace of God and salvation. It's all about him. But we don't talk about ourselves like we're a worm. Just, you know, that's it. That's all we can do. Just like survive until Jesus comes back. That's the attitude of too many people. If we've got the spirit of God on us, it's the same spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So calling yourself a worm, if you've got the spirit of God in you, is false humility. Yes. It's not being humble at all. A lot of times people say these things because they're not willing to submit to God. And so if they don't submit to God, the second part of that is the devil won't flee from them. And they will remain deceived. So if that's you, you need to turn around and repent. And that's what repent really means anyway. Have a change of heart. Turn around away from what you're doing. Um, so Jesus came to set the captives free. And he wants to use his sons to manifest his power on earth. Sons who are mature, not worms. Sons. And creation is still groaning. And so if we submit to God and honour him, then I believe that we will be used in these days in incredible ways. There will be miraculous things happen, like instant healings. There will be the manifestation of God's glory, not just in meetings, um, you know, creative miracles where people will have new limbs created out there. Financial miracles, and I do believe there'll be translocations, translations where if we can't get to a place because we're not willing to get a V, then if it's absolutely necessary that we go, God will take us. I'm not talking about astral travel or astral projection. No, that is New Agers going into the second heaven. And that's very dangerous. They do it in their silver cord, and many have come to an end where they just end up in hell because that's what happens. Someone cuts the cord and they're gone. Do not ever do that. Yeah. It is not for a Christian because our authority and power comes from Jesus Christ and he's seated far above all that. Yeah. And so are we in Christ. We are far above all that realm uh, of the counterfeit rubbish because yeah. that's what it is. It's rubbish. So... And also, this might be very difficult to get your head round, but there are seers who can time travel. Because what's happening is you're going into the glory realm, and the glory realm is eternal where God is. There is no time. The eternal realm is out with time. And sometimes people can operate in the two realms at once. Well, we are in a way. If, you know, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, but they can do it actually knowing it's happening. And they can be, their feet can be fully planted on this physical earth, but they are in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, not this in-between stuff. And that happens to uh, many people. It happens to a lot of people who would be called like seer prophets. Um, but... You know, it's literally visions in, in, in the heavenly realms. I'll say that. And people have also walked in water. Jesus walked in water. 
And that was before, you know, um, many other things happened to him. Jesus is our example to look at when it comes to the manifestation of the sons of God. I mean, books have been written about this. There's so many things you could say <laughs> that um, it's what not to say, what, you know. So I'm just touching on tiny wee things here. But um, if you get the grasp tonight of the fact that if you can just even imagine that you are a chosen vessel and God wants to flow through you, he wants to flow his miraculous power through you to those who need it. And so if you are obedient, I believe you can do certain things that Jesus did when he was here. You can rebuke the wind, the storms, you can, and you can see them move from your house and not touch you. It's happened to many people. Jesus rebuked the fig tree and it withered from its roots. He spoke life into dead bodies. Many people who are mature sons of God have raised the dead. I know some of those people. It's not just rubbish. And Jesus turned wine, water into wine. And he also has tribute money. Bill was talking about tribute money and, uh, yesterday, and uh, Jesus, uh, the tribute money appears in the mouth of the fish. Yes. And what a good way for the council tax to appear in the mouth of a fish. <laughs> and also, you know, in Luke 19, verses 30 and also 35, the coat that Jesus, um, you know, rode on, it hadn't been, you know, ridden on. It hadn't been sort of broken in. And that's like, where did that come from? It's like, also, I, I was standing on, supposedly, who knows, but it was near the place anyway. There's a very high cliff on the Sea of Galilee. And it's supposedly where Jesus was standing after the Gadarene demoniac in the cave was freed by him. And the demons pleaded, they knew exactly who Jesus was. Demons will know who you are without you opening your mouth. If you are obedient to God, they'll see the glory on you. <laughs> they know who you are. And they knew who Jesus was and they asked him to put him, them into the pigs. And he did it to demonstrate this. And then though, the people who owned the pigs, etc., were angry. You would think, you know, the Pharisees, all these people, would they not be jubilant? No, a lot of them were not, um, for all sorts of different reasons. But this particular what time, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to shove him off the cliff. Like, oh, here's our chance. He's standing a bit too near the edge. And there's a big crowd. And it just says, you know, Jesus just walked through them. Somehow, they didn't know where he was. he gone? And, and Jesus did that a few times. Mm. And so that's very possible because I'll tell you something, uh, the dark side know how to do that. It's not a load of rubbish invisibility cloaks. They know how to do that. And the horrible thing about that is not so much that. It's that they then start selling them for children in the supermarkets at Christmas, young children to put these invisibility cloaks on to do with that yeah. wizard. And uh, I absolutely hate that. Um, but people just think it's fun and, and it is absolutely not fun. A lot of the things there are actual incantations yes. from the book of grimoires. 
spells. So if you have children who have any of these things associated with that, you know who I'm talking about, I would suggest you get rid of them all. Absolutely. Every single book, every single game, every film, get rid of it all out your house. Because otherwise you're giving the enemy your consent to be in your house. That's the bottom line. So... Anyway, Jesus um, wants us to know the truth. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be like people who are in, he talks about, you know, in the word in Hosea 4, 6, who perish for lack of knowledge and lack of, you know, knowledge in the word of God. There's so many Christians who just do not know the word of God. They know a few scriptures and it's because they're lazy. It's because... Many times, I like the quote from Leonard Ravenhill. He said, um, I love this, if you cannot switch off your own TV set, how can you pull down satanic strongholds in your life? And, you know, the world's talking about sanctions just now, but I say sanction Satan in your home. Anything your kids have got that could give him an in to your house, sanction him, and then literally things will go bump in the night. So we need to live as a remnant. We need to live as mature sons of God. And we need to come out of agreement with the enemy. And Jesus wants us to do that. We need to be very careful what we allow in through our eye gates, our ear gates. Because we are made in the image of God, body, soul and spirit. Our soul is like our mind, our emotions, our intellect, our will. And it's like the connection between our body and the spirit, our spirit. Now, that is where the enemy attacks people a lot in their mind, their thoughts. And that is the area where we really need to do what God's word says, cast down these imaginations that don't line up with God's word. But if you don't know what God's word says, how can you line it up? with anything. So we need to get the word of God in us. It's meat and not milk that we need. If we are going to be the manifest sons of God, led by the spirit of God, we need to have meat. We strong. You know, we're talking about doing miraculous things here, which so many in the church don't even believe in. And well, we do. We do. And the remnant are going and are doing miraculous things in Jesus' name. And it is all about Jesus. And people in the past have done this. People like John G. Lake. He shut hospitals. Yes. Hospitals. Can you imagine one of us tonight going up to that Queen Elizabeth in Govan? And tomorrow in the paper, it's like, we'd never report it, but, you know, it shuts because there's nobody in it. Somebody came in and went round every single bed and prayed for them all. They all got up and walked out. That would bring a lot of people to Jesus Christ. Why is the church not doing these things? Because they are sitting in their house, or rather under their bed, waiting on the rapture. So we don't want to be like that. We want to be like Jesus. When he walked into the synagogues, the demons screamed. It can be annoying. I think Jane Marie knows this as well, if you're doing your shopping and they start that, but you know, hey-ho, praise God, 
will have authority over them to tell them to be quiet in Jesus' name. But this is what happens with revivals. If we truly want revival, then we've got to realise that it starts with us. We need to be revived because the church has, you know, become like comatose last couple of years. It's, who even knows what it is? But we're the remnant and we are the manifest sons of God and we're going to move in the powers of the age to come. Even if at some point we are removed, possible, but until that happens, we've got lots to do, lots to do. And I suggest that we get ourselves to the place where we can be used by God, because that's another thing. I mean, there's so many people that God couldn't even begin to ask to go up to the hospital. Because they'd be going, well, as long as I've got a mask. I'm not going in that, that room there, no with that. I'm not going in there. No, no, six feet, I've got to stay away. How can you pay for someone six feet away from them? Well, exactly. You can't. Well, you can, but it's not about laying on our hands anyway. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm inspired by you tonight. So, the supernatural power of God, that is what this is all about. And, you know, even folk in the church who do believe in that, they've thrown the baby out of the bathwater because there have been, like, counterfeits, there have been, you know, folk in the church who are just daft. They've done things that are, like, of their own soul, and they, they slap God's name in it, and they're all prophets, so it's like, well, will the real prophets stand up? And it's, nobody knows what's going on. So we're not like that. We're the remnant of God. We read the word of God. We have the spirit of God in us. So we have this confirmation in our spirit that we can hear. We can hear it because we're not watching the telly. We're not playing games for, you know, 10 hours every day, killing things. We're actually killing the enemy in the spiritual realm in tongues. So many Christian have, Christians have got the gift of tongues and rarely use them. So, so powerful. If you want to see the glory realm, start speaking in tongues. I mean, I do it when I'm doing the washing, when I'm making my dinner, when I'm... You don't have to engage your mind. Just pray in tongues and it's your spirit and, and the Lord starts to reveal things to you. It's incredible. And the Spirit's given without measure, John 3, verse 34. It's absolutely incredible. The Lord wants this. So just in conclusion, Jesus was baptised in the Jordan. And that's where he entered the realm of like the mature sonship. And he went forth and he did everything by the Spirit of God. He was led by the Spirit of God. And... It's absolutely incredible because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was at Pentecost and we need the baptism of fire. We need to have the miraculous power of God now work through us because the world is waiting for us to actually move out and do what God wants us to do. He wants us to do this. He's not the one holding us back. He wants it.
And Jesus wants it. The Holy Spirit wants it. All the angels want it. I mean, we've talked about the angels standing there like that. Like, nothing to do. Because nobody's decreeing, nobody's praying. People come to church and say, yes, and they go home and they turn the telly on, or they play a game, and that's the end of it, until the next time they turn up at the church and they wonder, why do these miracles not happen to me? Why do I not know anybody that's ever got saved in my life that I've talked to? I'll let you answer that yourself. So we manifest the life of Christ so that he... Um, will be glorified through us. And the last part of Revelation 12, 11, people don't like to talk about that. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Got you open your mouth. Yes. And the part that's really quoted. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Well, that can, of course, mean physical death, but it can also mean death to self. Yes. Like, what you fancy doing and the Lord's like, I want you to do this. Yes. And it's like, well, I'm really shattered and I just want to sit and watch this daft thing on YouTube. And it's like, okay, Lord, you always have a choice. We're not a robot. And hopefully we never will be. Hopefully we never will be. So we have a will, we have a choice. And let's make that choice for God. Let's be those mature sons of God, daughters of God. Yes. <laughs> The Lord um, isn't at all partial. He accepts us all. And so I hope this has blessed you. I could talk on this for hours and hours. I just love the subject. Um, but like everything, we need to have faith. And the main thing about this, if there's anything that you take away from this tonight, it's God wants to move through as the remnant. He wants us to be this very, very powerful company of overcomers. We overcome the world. And Jesus has given us all we need. The Holy Spirit is in us. God is rooting for us. The angels are there. Hosts and hosts and legions and legions. So we need to just step out and say, yes, God, count me in. I want to be part of this remnant. I want to be an overcomer. I want to be one of the manifest sons of God on earth. And so I just give you my life, Lord, and let it start today if it hasn't before. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.